Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Morning, Simi. Boy, I tell you, there was so much hope for a good weekend when it comes to BC ferries. And boy, did that ever go down the drain. It sure did. Now, Simi, you know I'm a long-time resident of Victoria, almost long enough to apply for permanent residency status here. And your basic long-term residents of the provincial capital would no more schedule travel on BC ferries on a holiday weekend than they would schedule root canal work, because you know you can't depend on the ferries on long weekends. You're right, though. They talked up about how they were going to turn it around. Uh, You even had the new CEO out there. He was on Global on the weekend uh, interview taped last week uh, where he said, you know, we're going to deal with this problem of car alarms on the ferries and we're thinking about rethinking the buffet and we're dealing with the staff shortages. And dogs can now go for a walk on the air. Like it was all sorts of stuff. It was all positive. So then the weekend arrives, and let's see. Bowen Island is in crisis. The ferry service is cut off. You can't figure out when and where your ferry's going to be because the website crashes, the app doesn't work, and there are long lineups at the terminals. And so you go to the BC Ferries. They've, they've taken enough victory laps in the last week. Uh, where's the CEO? Well, he's not available. How about the minister? Global tried to get uh, Rob Fleming. Ha ha, very funny. Well, so did we. Same uh, yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, let's see, who else they tried? Oh, Deb Marshall. So she's actually paid to talk to the news media about things on BC ferries. Uh, I gather uh, no luck last night. She, she was on the phone with a global reporter last evening, but uh, I don't think she was willing to go in front of the cameras. In fact, I think the only person who actually uh, was willing to talk and I thought had some good comments was the head of the Ferry Workers Union. Uh, and his comment, I think very apt, Eric McNeely, was, look, ferry workers have to take the heat on long weekends over waiting times and service disruptions, the ferries execs should be there Absolutely. To, to talk to them. Well, and of course, like um, speaking of not wanting root canal work on the weekend, the, the last thing you're going to get is uh, ferry brass talking to uh, the news media about the problems on the system. Because, of course, first of all, they've fixed everything. And second of all, they don't want to take the heat either. And, you know, the, the, those poor ferry workers in the terminal selling tickets and, you know, walking around and running the cafeteria services, they're the ones who end up hearing from an angry public. They certainly do. And, you know, when you think about we know how we got here in yeah. terms of service problems at BC Ferries, you would just think that there, there would be a standing thing that if there's any issues, get out in front of it. Yeah, you're a nice person, Simi, and I heard you on the radio saying (laughs) you felt a little sorry for the Ferry's Brass, uh, you know, uh, Jimenez and all that, and Joy McPhail, uh, the the, uh, chair of the board. Uh, I don't think the public should cut them any slack at all because of the way we got here. So last summer, 
the new Democrats, in one of their grand populist gestures, fired the CEO of BC Ferries, Mark Collins, mid-contract, cost more than a million and a half dollars to pay out that contract. But by gosh, they were showing we're decisive. You know, we're willing to take the heat. Well, make somebody else take the heat for it. And again, I'm going back to what John Horgan said to justify the firing. If you talk to people who are waiting in a lineup and you say the ferry board just fired the CEO, the answer from the public would probably be what took you so long. The public wants service, says Horgan. They expect it. They're paying for it. We have a responsibility. That was last summer, a million and a half bucks down the drain, a CEO made to take the fall for all the problems in the ferry service. What do they do? The New Democrats appoint former cabinet minister, Joy McPhail, to chair the board. She does the firing. And she then hires Nicholas Jimenez, who she worked with at ICBC, and he's been in place. Well, you know, if you talk to that same person that the New Democrats cited last summer in the lineup, they're now going to be saying, when are we actually going to see results for the million and a half bucks you guys put out to fire the CEO? Because clearly the problems in the ferry service go way beyond the CEO. And if they're turning it around... It's hard to point to the evidence that they are. You know, Vaughn, you and I have both been doing this for a long time, and I don't understand. Maybe you could explain it to me. Why don't organizations like that get out in front of it? Why not? If, if, if we had heard from the CEO you know, yesterday apologizing front and center, people are very forgiving. They understand yeah. if you just tell them what's going on and apologize for it. Um, I think that's right. I think the minister should be available as well, especially when the government Agreed. has fired the CEO, said, this is the problem. It's worth a million and a half dollars to put somebody else in there and let them turn it around. I think you're right. Somebody mentioned to me the example of the airport, Tamara Vrooman. And initially, when there was all the disruption, oh, yeah, that was the airport, bad. she took heat, right? But she showed up, too. And she had a couple of press conferences, and she did it. And, and I, I really think that's got to be the message to BC Ferries. When your own you know, communications person is handling it by phone, when the minister's not available, the CEO's not available, the chair of the board is not available... I think the head of the Ferry Workers Union's got a very good point. Why should yeah. ferry workers have to take the heat? It's not their fault. And, you know, the minister or the CEO or the political appointee chairing the board, well, they're working at it. But in the interim, they should be there in the front line taking the heat for this well, because the public... Uh, the public must be wondering, as I said, where are the results from that very expensive firing last summer? And don't take the victory lap before yeah. the weekend has actually happened. Well, and if you're going to do that, then maybe be visible. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, if this is your first weekend of summer in the job when there's been all these issues, be out there. Let's. I'm, I'm thinking a bit about when Kevin Quinn first became CEO of TransLink. And remember all the controversy that yeah. there had been, and he was on SkyTrain, he wrote it, he went 
and saw that the elevators, the escalators weren't working at the stations. Like it was very visible stuff, but it worked. And yeah. we didn't, we should be getting that now from BC Ferries. Yeah. I, I agree. And especially given the amount of time they've had. I mean, again, you go back to why did Horgan really fire? Why did the New Democrats really fire the CEO? Well, you know, our understanding is the CEO, Mark Collins, had ticked off the union. And the union was very well connected to the New Democrats. And they were determined to get him for it. And they did at considerable cost. So you've got got the head of the union telling the government the executive should actually be out there. Somebody in the executive, preferably the CEO, should be out there taking the heat for this, explaining stuff, talking about how they're turning it around. That's accountability. And I think the union has a very good point on this. And the government did what the union wanted in firing the old CEO They'd be wise to listen to the new, uh, to the current head of the union, that you're going to have to find somebody in an official capacity to start dealing with this stuff because uh, that's that was a catastrophic first weekend in terms of the campaign to turn it around. Also, and not enough of an effort made to communicate with people about yeah. the, you know, there was no, we'll, we'll you know, listen to the station, we'll post yeah. the updates. Uh, it was hard for us to find information about what was going on. It was, it just, they yeah. could have done things better. They could have been like an all hands on deck. We're going to get this information out no matter what. And that didn't happen. Yeah, no, that's true, too, because, you know, you're told that your first line of defense is, well, go to the website, you know, exactly. and go to the app and all that. A lot, amount of, a lot of money invested in that. Well, it's not the first time that computer glitches have happened to any organization. So but what's plan B? But, you, yeah, you have to have your, your people back up ready for that. And uh, as I said, when there's nobody actually standing there on camera, there's no backup plan communicating over the radio at the last minute, uh, telling people what the backup plan is. Um, no, I, I think it's uh, for the for the first weekend. They better get some of this fixed because summer is here. There's another long weekend coming, and <clears throat> you know, again, ferries is boasting. The traffic is back. Traffic is back up. That's good news. Great. That's good news for tourism <laughs> and everything. But if if everyone's reaction for the next holiday weekend is going to be mine, which is, as I said, the last thing I would do is book travel on BC ferries on a long weekend. You'd have to be nuts. Uh, they're <laughs> they're going to have to start thinking about this because you know, a long-time island resident, you can always go on a different weekend, right? It's, like, it's, not that you, it's not like the only time you get away is on the weekend. But it's, seriously, this is really bad news. Uh, for the tourism industry in the provincial capital and for people on the island who were planning to get away. These kind of disruptions are enormous. And when you can't even get on the website to find out when they're going to fix it, and you can't even find a spokesperson for the ferries explaining when they're going to fix it, it's a double mess. It really is. And I'm sure we're going to be talking more about it. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.